2018 was a good year for films. While it seemed slow at times, there was some great work from newer and older voices. I continued to seek a gender balance in what I chose to see by viewing 50% of films directed by women, and I also made an effort to watch a lot of stuff that I hadn't seen before. I'm Chris Campbell, and I watch a lot of movies. I watched 504 films in 2018, mostly features, and I logged and wrote at least short reviews for every film on Letterboxd. I'm going to count down my favorite 10 films of 2018. At number 10 is Mission Impossible Fallout. Mission Impossible series loops back on itself and becomes a little bit more reflective with Fallout, as threads from the series are brought together to examine some of the consequences from earlier films. But it's really just a way to add more interesting drama onto a series of impressive action sequences. The true pleasure of the films is watching Tom Cruise actually perform stunts, and with Christopher McQuarrie's skill direction and Rob Hardy's cinematography, it's gorgeous to look at every frame of the film. Number 9 is The Tale. Documentarian Jennifer Fox creates a compelling drama with the tale as she examines incidents in her own life that she suppressed. It's a harrowing story of abuse and how trauma can be disguised and hidden. Laura Dern's amazing, as usual, and the construction of the film mirrors the journey of the main character as her perception of the past changes and we start to understand something that's closer to the truth. It's an exploration of the power of a narrative to reveal or conceal elements of our lives. Number eight is Happy as Lazaro. It's a truly wonderful film that was delightful to watch without knowing much about it. It's an Italian film that starts one way and then has a truly brilliant shift partway through that elevates it into something else completely. Ellis Rohrwacher crafts a portrait of rural life in Italy in a way that's timeless and contemporary. And with Alain Louvert's stunning 16mm cinematography, it's one of the most beautiful films of 2018. This could be considered part of a new hybrid genre of Italian magic neorealism. And it resonated with me like a musical note hanging in the air after the orchestra stops playing. Number seven is Sorry to Bother You. Starting off as a slightly goofy satire of corporate life, it all gets a lot stranger and darker as it progresses. With a fun visual style and infectious energy, Boots Riley's approach is part Spike Lee and part Michelle Gendry. It creates a film that sticks with you as you try to figure out what you just saw. It's really great to see a film that brings the fierce and uncompromising energy of the late 60s and early 70s radical filmmakers into a contemporary context. It's a film that's comfortable with itself and it's uncompromising as well. Number six is Let the Sunshine In. Claire Denis centers her film around a luminous Juliette Binoche as a divorced woman looking for love in Paris. At once a sophisticated parody of romantic comedies with a dark core, it's complicated and fun, and as with most films by Claire Denis, there's a lot going on that stays with you well after the credits roll. Nobody uses music better than Denis, and she cleverly uses music and scenes both with and against the tone to create yet another memorable set piece with dancing and music. I love how Denis embraces ambiguity and resists explanation in simple characters. Number six is Cold War. Shot in a gorgeous, crisp, black and white style, Cold War is a dysfunctional and darkly romantic love story that shows how a political situation can warp and bend choices in the lives of those who live within a system. The crisp and precise sound design blends perfectly with the images as we move through the stages of a relationship in a series of scenes that capture key moments in the lives of characters as they connect in fleeting ways in post-war Poland. It almost feels like it's a film that was made in the early 1960s in the Eastern Bloc, complete with the overwhelming sense of dread and inevitability mixed in with moments of human connection. I love the sparse nature of the narrative as the film moved from scene to scene in a subjective and elliptical way. Number five is Shoplifters, a gentle and perfectly balanced portrait of a family that is not what it seems. Corita's Shoplifters is constructed out of human connections as he explores the idea of a family as we learn more about all of the characters. 
I love how the film is patient in building the story and revealing information about all the characters. The cast is amazing, and I love the journey that they took me on. Humanist and complex in showing people as they are without resorting to too much melodrama as we get a glimpse into the lives of people on the edge of society in contemporary Japan. Number three is Black Klansman. Spike Lee is back with a timely and powerful film that is a historical drama that shows the connections between history and the present day. Black Klansman incorporates his usual stylistic flourishes, fantastic compositions, and pitch-perfect performances, and it's one of his best films. It's entertaining, harrowing, and relevant. It's a brilliant combination of some of the more experimental elements that he uses within a traditional historical drama, and it builds to a remarkable and unforgettable conclusion that moves the film from history into the present day. It's great on every level, with everyone operating at the peak of their powers, to create a film that will provide insight into the history and politics of America in the late 20th and early 21st century. Number two is You Were Never Really Here. Edited down to the bare essentials, Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here is built around a powerful and enigmatic performance by Joaquin Phoenix as a war veteran haunted by his actions in the past as he deals with his PTSD. He's a mercenary who rescues children. It's dark and disturbing with Ramsey's impressionistic style, providing a dark glimpse into the mind and past of a traumatized individual. Stunningly shot by Tom Townend, with yet another remarkable score by Johnny Greenwood, it's a perfectly crafted film. Their moments of transcendent cinematic beauty combined with a stylized and non-exploitative portrayal of the violence in the story. It's a compact and haunting journey through a personal hell. Number one is Annihilation. Alex Garland's adaptation of Jeff Vandermeer's novel was the first film I added to my list, and it stayed there throughout the year. I was glad to have seen it in the theater on a big screen, as it's truly cinematic and immersive. It's a film about identity and loss, with thematic echoes of Tarkovsky. Annihilation kept me engaged and on edge for the entire film. Visually, it's impressive, with a complex score and sound design that enhances the unnerving nature of the story, as we follow the journey of a group of women into an unknown world that is changing around them, as it also changes them. It's one of those films that makes you look at the world differently as you leave the theater, and it's one that I'll continue to watch and enjoy. What films did you watch in 2018, and what were your favorites? Let me know. I'm BitDepth on Letterboxd, on Micro.blog, and on Twitter. I'm Chris Campbell, and I watch movies.